As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. And we're having 20 minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Today on the podcast, we talked with Ryan Singer, product manager at Basecamp. He talked with us about stripping away the predefined product categories and focusing more on the niche you're filling and the problem that you're solving. He shares lessons learned with Basecamp, as well as how they use jobs to be done to help them when they get lost. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash RocketShip to get 20% off three months. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. 
Go to customer.io slash rocketship to start sending emails that convert. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. We're here with Ryan Singer, product the product manager. manager at Basecamp. Ryan, welcome. Thank you. So um, tell us the, the quick overview of Basecamp. Um, well, uh, we released Basecamp in 2004 as a uh, web-based tool for client service firms to communicate with their clients about projects. And uh, it was a problem that we had needed. Uh, we, it was a problem we had as a consultancy. And uh, it turned out that... Uh, it was much more useful beyond just that narrow use case, and uh, it kind of took off as a as a very general purpose tool for people working on projects that needed to kind of get everybody together onto the same page. Um, and uh, um, that was wow, I guess eleven years ago, ten years ago now. <laughs> yeah, ten years ago when that came out, and uh, um, uh, the company's grown a lot since then, and um, uh, you know, it's, we have a product that we're proud of, and it's a uh, there's a lot to work on. So, <laughs> as a product person, it's a it's an interesting place to be. I'm sure with base with a base camp, there's a lot of people that use it in very different ways. So it'd be interesting to hear over the long term of base camp, and even going through a total redesign, uh, rebuild, how you guys keep it on track and keep roadmap going in the direction that you want it to go without being swayed by what probably sound like really good ideas from many customers asking for, for the same thing. So it'd be interesting to, to just hear about your process and um, you guys are much more mature and further along. And I think that you know, the listeners could benefit from that. Yeah. You know, um, there's only so much that I can say directly to how we do it on Basecamp today because um, it's uh, it might be actually helpful for me to 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 use some different examples from side projects or things like that actually because um, it it might be difficult to appreciate but um, uh, we we happened to arrive at at a at a, at a good um, cocktail of features and and yeah basically we arrived at a very good cocktail of features in two thousand four when we launched Basecamp and we didn't expect it to grow the way that it did. And, um, but it did. And, um, and what we discovered was that we had hit upon a combination of features that was really useful. We, we knew that the core bundle was very useful to ourselves, but we didn't, ex- none of us could anticipate that it would be so useful in so many other situations, you know, but then what happens is, um, just to be totally honest, you know, is that, um, you reach a point where the thing, I mean, we, we struck oil with Basecamp. And, um, and uh, so the, the whole name of the game, as far as, I, as far as I can understand it for the last 10 years, has been don't screw it up. Um, uh, and uh, and um, so in a lot of ways, the roadmap isn't really a roadmap. It's more like um, um, paying attention to what, what are the core aspects that were there and then, and then trying to experiment to make things better, but without kind of, without, without screwing it up, you know? Um, because the thing is that when, when, when we were making a, a tool for designers and programmers, no, I'm sorry, when we were making a tool for client service firms to communicate with their clients, we knew exactly what Basecamp was. And, um, now that it's taken off and there's so many different people using it in different ways, um, there isn't such a clear answer for what this thing even is. 
You know what I mean? Because you have a, only one one contingency out of I mean one one uh, group of customers out of many many groups of customers fit that original profile now. And um, I've actually done quite a bit of research in order to redefine what this is so that we can cr- do product roadmaps going forward. You know, but um, but it's not something that. Um, I would say reflects the overall position of the company yet. You know? so we're actually in a, um, uh, in a in a in a place where it doesn't really feel like we are. Uh, this is just my opinion, but it, to me, it doesn't feel like we are driving the product so much as it is the product took on a life of its lo- of of its own, and we now kind of have to reverse engineer what's actually successful about it. <laughs> okay. Interesting. You know I mean? It's a little yeah. bit like it's a little bit like the Twitter phenomenon. Like everybody knows Twitter is awesome, but you ever people are like, "Well, wait a minute, what is it?" But I don't want to give you an impression that we have this sort of um, perfectly drawn out roadmap and 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 that that's how we're operating. You know what I mean? It's more like mm-hmm. you, you there was a there was a big bang where this this universe called Basecamp was created. And now um, it's it's a little bit more like you have um, different wards and you have an alderman in each ward and they have to make decisions about which roads to repair and when to put in a new park and when to tear down an old school and stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you guys, uh, we read your post on kind of jobs to be done. Is that something that you guys use regularly internally to, to make decisions? Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm been, I've been practicing it and um, it's had a huge impact on how I work. Um, I would not, I don't think it's fair to say that the company is oriented around it. Okay. Um, but it's, it's, it is, um, increasingly affecting, I think how the company operates. So I, I'm, I'm a huge fan and I've been, I've been doing it a lot. And, um, I, um, but as a, as, a, as the whole company, I think it's still a process to, to figure out, um, what the role of it is because th- there's a tension between jobs to be done is something that you can use to, um, to decide what to do in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and the reason, the reason that you, you look for something like that is because we only have data about the past. Okay. Um, since we only have data about the past, we don't have anything to tell us what to do in the future. The only thing (laughs) is, is, um, you have to somehow, um, have a theory about what's going on and where things are going so that you can act and then that you're going to, it's going to take you somewhere that you want to go in the future. And um, um, one way to, to approach that situation is to have some, like a theory to say, well, we're going mm-hmm. to do research and then we're going to make conclusions. And then based on that research, we're going to make a bet. Um, but um, at the company, um, since, since the beginning, um, has had uh, Jason in the middle of it with, a, with an unusually good intuition. Okay. You know, the guy just has a, I mean, he and David both have like really strong guts and they can just feel, they just come up with things because they just pull them out of the air. And, okay. um, that is a different method than, okay. um, <laughs> than you can teach. You know what I mean? And yeah, when yeah. your gut is telling you something, um, you don't, you don't reach for a framework to, to tell you what to do because the, the intuition that's coming from your gut can speak more loudly than than, than, um, something that you, that you deduced on paper, you know? Um, and, uh, there, um, there are things that different things that we have gut feelings about and there's different things that we have uncertainty about. And what I'm finding is that the jobs to be done framework is really good for those areas where we have uh, kind of absence of gut feeling and, and a lot of uncertainty. 
God, I love that actually. Yeah. Cause that's, that's something that founders need to hear on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the, I thought your post on, uh, Matt sent it over, um, but on kind of the, uh, Clay Christensen's quote went that when you identify what people truly use your product to accomplish, you protect yourself from the competition. I thought yeah. that was something very universal that, um, anyone listening to the podcast could learn from, um, mm-hmm. as kind of a methodology to think about their marketing, um, and think about how they communicate it. So I thought that was really good, but I wasn't expecting the, the gut. Um, which I think is also incredibly important is to learn how to trust, uh, your intuition. So I'd love to tap on both. Yeah. You know, everybody, um, uh, um, likes to latch onto the one true way to whatever, especially in the tech world, you know, either it's TDD or it's UX or it's mobile first or it's jobs to be done or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, you can it's this is just applying jobs to be done to itself. It's like you, you have different situations that arise where you have to make different types of decisions, either it's an implementation decision or a design decision or a strategy decision or a product decision, whatever it is. And you have a handful of means available to you to make those decisions, you know, and, um, and the jobs to be done framework is, um, is one way of, of approaching that. But it's, it's, if, if you have, um, there are other forces involved, like your own gut that's telling you, about the feature that you just want to build and you don't care if customers want it or not because you're just yeah. too curious and you have to build it, you know, or, <laughs> or, um, you know, sometimes you have the great idea, um, and you have that, um, that insight, but, um, but, uh, you can't really get other people behind it unless you can give them a, some, let's say a slightly more st- statistically, statistically significant type of way of presenting it, you know? So, mm-hmm. so sometimes people will do like the jobs to be done research, which is extremely qualitative and not quantitative and then get to an idea of where they should take the product. But then you, you, you take that idea and then you say, okay, well, can I do some data now that's going to give me a good argument so that I can convince people who, who, who don't believe in quanti- qualitative things that, that this is yeah. legit, you know, do you guys so rest on the data? Are... Do you guys rely on the data for your kind of final product decisions? Not at all. Okay. Interesting. Um, uh, there are, um, we have a, we have a very talented guy, um, working with us who, 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 who is, um, well-educated in statistical methods and he's very good at, at slicing and dicing data. And, um, I think, um, I, I haven't been part of it, but I think that he's been very helpful to the partners in, um, helping them understand, um, different mixes of, uh, of, um, uh, who pays for what and, and how pricing changes to pricing would affect things and, and, um, seeing, see, getting a clearer picture of trial completions and, and things like that, you know? Um, So, so there's, there's a role for data. Absolutely. Especially I think when it comes to experimenting on the pricing and and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. but in terms of, um, you know, how do we, how do we redesign to do assignment? Right. Or, or do we include, uh, 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 repeating events in our scheduling feature. I mean, those types of things aren't going to come from data. Okay. Yeah. You're not looking at like how many people click on this button and do I remove it or move it? Right. Long term, how do you know, I guess, that you're, you're going down the right path and, and planning properly? Yeah. Um, I think it's a very fundamental question about what problem are we solving? 
And um, uh, the thing that um, can be such a challenge is that we, we all have a strong tendency to think in terms of product categories, which we, we tend to categorize what we're selling. It either, um, yeah, we, we actually use product categories. So we say it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an analytics tool. It's a CRM tool. Like as if, as if the space of possible products is already pre-cut pre up you know, into, into, into bins and we have to fit into one of them, you know? And, uh, uh, I think this is a mistake, um, because the, the people don't need an analytics tool. People don't need a CRM tool. They have a situation come up in their, in their business where they are missing something and they're trying to solve it. And somebody in the past created this category called an analytics tool. And whether or not um, they think that, that they need an analytics tool is, is kind of beside the point. It's, it's, it's more a question of what is the actual situation that's driving people to look for a solution and how do you fit into that situation? So I think it would be useful to kind of just step back a second and ask, when, what happens uh, to somebody where um, you would you would love to appear next to them and say, "Hey, I've got the perfect thing for you." Like, what what is the thing that happens where they're like, "God, I I need something." Yeah, and we started to segment out people based on currently we segment based on their their state of their current relationship with us. So, are they past due? Are they are they active and paid in trial? And then you can see that. You know, let's say you have five thousand monthly recurring <coughs> paid, and twenty five hundred of that is in trial. That informs a lot about this, the current state of your app. But as we talk to people, and a lot of these requests were for features that shouldn't be added, but people aligned into buckets. And something that's interesting that we're trying to do is put a dollar value on the types of customers that you have um, to quantify who who makes up which part of what you're yep. building. Who are these yep. customers? How do they use it? And that's, you know, something that's not really clear yet how we do that or how it fits into the product, but yep. it's not an aggregate thing. It's on the customer level. Um, yeah. This sounds a lot like, um, what it was like when we, in the early days at Basecamp, we, um, we, uh, we, you know, we had customers, we had a, a, a payment system set up so that, credit cards were being charged properly, but, um, that was it. And, um, you know, you've, you've got a product out there, you've got people signing up for it, but you kind of have this, this black hole mm -hmm. of, of, you just can't tell like who, how many customers do I have? And when are, are, are they all in good standing? Yeah. And, but just like, is everything all right with the people who are paying me? You know, hey, will I know and, when I get a dispute or like the things that don't happen often yeah. that definitely don't yeah. happen before you start your SaaS. Um, it's this weird middle ground where big companies build that on, on yep. whatever level and small companies don't have it. Um, but there's something there and it's tough to define what it is because we're trying, I think we're trying to solve that whole middle ground space and it's yeah, loosely totally. defined. Totally. Well, it, it sounds to me like it's quite clearly defined. You start a new, you start a new um, uh, service you there are already existing systems out there to take payment mm -hmm. 
but the systems that take payment like Stripe, all they do is is handle transactions for you and give you buttons to do things like refunds. They don't actually give you a, a good, um, they're not billing systems, you know, or I don't know what you call them, but like they, they don't, they don't allow you to actually see like what's really happening with all the customers and everything like that. And we ended up, we, we started building a custom system for this. We have an internal system called queen B mm-hmm. and, uh, it does, it's basically a hook feed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to build it ourselves. Yeah. And I tell you what, like, um, it's nice when you can build something yourself in the early days because it's one less expense. But here we are today, and um, it's an area that's very difficult to invest in because every day you have to make a decision. Am I going to make things better for, for our customers or am I going to make things better for us? Am I going to do improve the UI on some administrative screen, you know, or am I going to improve the UI on something that that – a million people are going to see, you know, and um, and even though it would be a really good idea to invest more in the internal system, it's just it's just hard to do, you know, and um, and you're lucky if you can even if you can even build one yourself in the first place, you know, um, and uh, especially when situations come up where um, uh, you start to notice that cards are expiring and you don't know how to catch them, and and it's like how am I going to keep track of this, I, you know, it's like. Um, that, to me, that's a very palpable, um, relatable situation. Like, hey, I, I have something like Stripe, but it doesn't help me. I still can't see what's going on with my customers. And um, uh, it, it sounds like um, I, I think I think it's it comes back to framing um, what the problem is. Um, you know, uh, what do you buy an analytics tool for? I don't know. But my experience is that it has a lot to do with um, with marketing and with traffic. I think that most analytics tools are about um, who's coming and where are they where do they go and what do they click on and stuff like that. And um, that sounds like it has nothing to do with what you guys are talking about, which is um, I've got people paying me. I'm responsible to know what's going on and how many of them there are and whether they're card is going to work the next time I try to charge it and that kind of thing. Um, so I, 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 I you know, I, I would try, the thing is like when you, when you try to, to find one word and then this is what I, what I'm making, I'm making a CRM, I'm making an analytics thing. Like there's no rule that you can, you need one word to describe what you're doing. Yeah. You can, it, it can be a situation where it's like when this happens, you need book feed. No, and maybe there's five of those, you know? So how do you really balance um, knowing when to listen and knowing when to not listen? Right. Well, we believed, um, so in our case, in the beginning, so we used to joke all the time when we first were, when we first put Basecamp out about um, um, things like Gantt charts, because everybody wanted us to have a Gantt chart. It was like every day you'd get an email. I was one of those people. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, um, and why? Because we were saying that it was a project management tool and people were comparing it to other project management tools, you know, um, uh, like project and things like that. And the thing is that um, it, the, 
the, the general category of project management tools mm -hmm. carries along with it a certain bundle of features that you're going to expect. I'm going to use this to plan phases and dependencies and time frames, and this is going to happen a month after this and so on. But actually, Basecamp wasn't about that at all. And um, this is, I think, I, I think this is good to, to reflect on because it shows that, in a way, what you say doesn't matter. Like, if you call it an analytics tool or you don't, like, it actually doesn't really matter. The important thing is that um, if you think that there's an opportunity to, to um, with the feature set and, the, and the, the, the behaviors that you think the product should have, if you think that there's an opportunity for that thing to be, to catch on, then the only way to find out is to stick to that, mm -hmm. you know? And, and in our case, we didn't want to make a, a project management tool that was about planning and forecasting the future. We wanted to make a tool that was about communicating what's going on today. So here's the new design review. What's your feedback? Here's the new contract. Shall we proceed or not, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the deadline that's coming up for the design review next week. Like, it just the, the back and forth, that's too hard to manage over email, right? Mm -hmm. And... Um, we, we were very convinced that that was a, a, a worthwhile problem to solve. And so when people told us that, that we needed a Gantt chart, we, we, we were able to say they want us to, we knew what they wanted us to be, you know? They wanted us to be Microsoft Project. And we didn't want to be Microsoft Project because we thought that there was an opportunity somewhere else. So um, I, I, the thing that I think is, is maybe relevant to, this, to what you guys are talking about is... Um, it's hard to say no when you don't know what you want to be, you know. But if if you if you have a sense that hey, no, we're not that, you know, and we're not that because we have this different opinion A, B, and C about what we're doing here, you know. Um, as long as you keep pursuing that, you are going to find out if other people agree or not, you mm -hmm. know. And as soon as you as soon as you kind of let go of that perspective that's your own your own point of view about what you what you, where you think the opportunity is um, you 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 give up the chance to find out if you're right or not you know what I mean yeah that's a really interesting way to look at it the only way to really find out if the niche is where you think it is is to stay in it and um, so um, and and the thing is like customers are are, are not um, the only the, the, you're the it's your job to figure out um, what the niche is and how to fill it, and um, customers it's not their job to do that. It's they're just trying to buy things and they're just using the categories that they're familiar with and they have expectations based on their past experience, and um, it's um, it's why you're the ones making the product and they're the ones buying it. You know, and um, so uh, it's it's it's. There are certain things that you can learn from customers, and there's certain things that you can't. You know, yeah. and if you stick to your guns with what you think the product needs to be and the niche that it should fill, you do need to pay attention to whether customers are buying it or not. And if there are customers who say, "Yes, I need this thing, and it helps me," and um, and if if nobody latches on to it, then then um, of course you have to pay attention to that. But if there's a if there's a if there is a, a group that's latching onto it and 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 they they really feel strongly about it that it's useful to them and and you and there's enough of a, there are enough people out there like them that you you see a path to grow you know then um, that is uh, 
that that's where you double down on your point of view and say, okay, right? We, there's there's people who get this, and there's probably more people like them, and we see a path for other people to hear about it, and and, and you know we're seeing the growth that we need to see, and and all of that. Yeah. So, how do you take a customer that's familiar with these categories and uh, expects the product they're using to fit into one of the categories? How do you take them and show them these? specific use cases that makes sense yeah i don't think it's an education problem it's not like that we need people to think differently it's it's more about um it's it's a res it's it's a resonation problem it's it's how do you it's how do you resonate with something that they are feeling already so the customer is not wrong they just don't see anything that resonates with with them so they're trying to find the closest match yep you know and um, and then what happens is very often when we make these marketing sites, um, we don't say enough about what our point of view is. We say that here's a quote from somebody that loves us, and then we have a snappy headline about you know, isn't it isn't it you know hasn't the day come for you to be better at blah blah blah, and and all of that you know yeah um, um, try writing a letter. You know, just try writing a letter that says, um, here's what's wrong with the world <laughs> or here's, here's what's missing in the world, right? This, what you're starting a business, you have cust- you have, you're, you're starting to accumulate customers and you have a tool for this and you have a tool for that and this helps you with this. But what do you do about this? You know, yeah. like give them something where they can read that and say, yeah, that's, that, that's me. Like that's the situation I'm in. I can relate to that. I felt that pain before, you know, because if you, if you get out of like playing, like what category am I in or the, the, the headline game and you get into like telling a story and saying, Hey, this is, have you ever been in this situation? And people can say, yeah. Yeah. Wow, you guys, you guys understand me. You guys understand the situation I'm in. I bet this thing is going to help me because you guys get it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's sites like that that I know I've seen and instantly feel such a connection to it and know before I even try the product that it's going to be close to what I need exactly. because they understand. Because the thing is, the niche, the niche is objective. If in fact there is a niche that's unf- that's unfilled, you know, um, it is objectively there, and 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 whoever is is standing around the edges of that niche, or whoever whoever is in that situation, they know it just as well as you know it that there isn't the right thing out there for that situation they're in, mm-hmm. you know, like damn it, how do I know? How come these people keep having their cards expire and my charges fail on them and I'm not getting warned about it? Yeah, right, like, and um, uh, so it's there. But what happens is um, we often don't bother to actually spell it out and point it out and talk about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we, 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 we tend to use these website templates. You know, there's all these popular ways to design your website. So there's like the Apple way where you're going to have a product photo on the left and then a little block of text and then a product photo on the right and a little block of text. And then you're going to have a, a big masthead image on the top and you're going to have a sharp headline here or headline there, right? Um, but you don't have to do that. Like you don't have to look like other websites. What you have to do is 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 communicate the niche. Like, hey, this is the situation you're in. We we were there too. We understood and we did something about it. And now you can ha- you can enjoy the fruits of our labor and and experience uh, 
the solution too, and here it is, and it costs this much a month, and, and here's your here's how to get started. Yeah. You know, so it's um, more more writing, more talking it out, more being person to person. You know, like and 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 really spelling out the niche and and, and worrying less about the category or the headline or the buzz mm-hmm. or, or 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 whatever. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Uh, this has been, I think, one of the most valuable talks that we've had. And it's not, I don't know, every, I, everything that you put out is very simple and instantly digestible. It's not a like dramatic um, left field concept, but I don't know. It's just good stuff. I, I <laughs> well, was you're... catching up on some you're... posts today and saw like the, the shorthand um, for product flows and the the category moat and all of it is just very the second you read it you're able to relate it directly to what you're working on and I think it's been the same with this talk I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, you're in a lucky position when you actually made something that that you needed and it's not just another RSS reader or another Twitter app or or something that it are, is already out there with a better button design or something I mean you know, the situation you're in where you, you made something that didn't exist and it's really valuable to you and you think it matters, that's that's a really great situation to be in. And it's just about sharing sharing that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, or just telling, just being like, hey, this is what we made. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> not trying to fit into, yeah. fit into the, 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 the spot that the, that, you know, that the grocery store decided to give you on, on aisle four or whatever, yeah. you know? All, All right. right. See All right. See you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up. And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them.